This week's episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Lost Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Lost Cabos Drumsticks. Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to give a massive shout out to Lost Cabos Drumsticks for endorsing and supporting this podcast. Without them, um, honestly, I, I don't know where we would be right now. So thank you very much. This is episode 36 of the podcast, and we are not slowing down. I have so many uh, amazing guests lined up for the coming months. Uh, I cannot wait to release these episodes, it, and and this week is no exception. Okay, Um but before any of that, I just want to ask you guys for a slight favor. And that is if you are listening to us on Spotify, please give us a follow. If you are listening to us on Apple Music, we would appreciate a, a five-star review. Um, and if you enjoy this episode or any of our past episodes, please share them with your friends. Uh, fellow drummers or your bandmates, your family members, your grandma, anybody who you think will enjoy uh, listening to the show. Um, we really enjoy doing these episodes and having these conversations with all of these drummers. And like I said, we have some amazing, amazing guys lined up for, for the very, very near future. And most of our guests up until this point have been Canadian. Um, and this week, I believe, is our first American guest on. Uh, and I have some other guys internationally across the pond lined up. And, and we're really trying to expand and talk to as many drummers and diverse guys uh, as, as we can here. If you have any comments, uh, questions for us, uh, suggestions on other drummers and and guests alike to have on. Don't hesitate to send us an email. Uh, we're talking drums at gmail.com. That's W E R E T A L K I N D R U M at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on there, and we will do our best to respond. Uh, and and you know, answer everything that you guys want. Uh, that aside, uh, don't forget, follow us on social media, man. We're always on there. We're doing cool stuff. We're, we're trying to, uh, work out some extra time outside of doing these podcasts to be able to do some new, fresh content for you guys. Um, uh, some, some practice routine stuff, um, and, and really give you guys the most we can from our knowledge and, uh, 
Derek and I have really set out a plan um, to really up things up going going into the the end of this year. So we hope you are enjoying the podcast so far. We are not slowing down. We are only speeding up and we are only going to continue to grow the We're Talking Drums community. So if you want to get involved, get on our social media. Uh, that's We're Talking Drums on Facebook and at We're Talking Drums on Instagram. That's where you can find us. Our YouTube channel will be starting up soon, and we're extremely excited to get some video content a part of this. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Now, this week's episode is a doozy, and um, I am in Windsor, so the, the audio may may be... Not quite the same as usual, but I have my 7B here. So um, this guy has played for a countless number of bands. Um, I think he said he is now at, uh, he has cut it down, cut down to being in 10 bands. But he has played for bands such as Seeker, The Faceless, Abigail Williams, Contriant, Circuit of Sons, and now is, is in shadow of intent so these guys just dropped a new song last week make sure you check it out it is intensified genocide and this album actually seems really cool we we weren't able to touch on it too much because uh he's not allowed to release any information uh (laughs) quite yet i tried to get him out of him but uh He's a professional, guys. Uh, and uh, you can check out his drum playthrough that was released on August 19th on the old YouTube over there for Intensified Genocide, and they also have a music video out for it. Stay tuned for more singles off their upcoming record coming out soon in the coming months. So without further ado, here is my chat with Bryce Butler of Shadow of Intent. Bryce Butler, welcome to We're Talking Drums. How are you doing today, man? Good, man. How are you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm I'm cooped up in a in a hotel in Windsor, Ontario. Holy right shit. Right close to the border, man. I was hesitant to bring my passport and just like hop over the border and and I don't know, do something in Detroit for a couple hours tomorrow, but yeah, uh, yeah, man, I haven't been stateside since before this lockdown, obviously, like, I think our borders just opened up, so. Yeah, I was wondering yeah, about man. that, because it's a, a bunch of shows, like, any of these US tours that had fucking Canada shows got fucking canceled, dude, or the Canada shows got canceled, like that BT Bam tour and shit. Yeah, man, um... I don't know, because I know there's like a, a Ginger Tour and Black Dahlia Murder and... Are those coming? Uh, they have some Canada dates? They do, and I haven't Ooh. heard anything... I haven't heard anything about cancellations. That's in October. Right. Okay, so, good. Yeah, the Rivers um, of Nile dudes are on that. They're fucking awesome. Dude, that tour, like, I'm I'm still hesitant to buy tickets, so if it's not sold out, like, I'll probably end up going but i'm just so hesitant because 
I think three shows that I had tickets for, I was planning on going to, got canceled because of COVID. And I'm like, I just yeah. don't trust it. I, yeah. I, I have no trust that these shows are actually going to happen, man. Yeah, you it's know? scary, like, man. Like, book, even, even booking just tours in the States, like, uh, just going state to state can be... Because oh, you yeah. guys, like, govern yourselves so hard down there that, yeah, like, dude. yeah, dude, you... You can tour Texas all day long, right? But right. you know, it could you go a couple states over and it could be very, <laughs> very different. That's so. what I'm worried about, man. I don't know how it's gonna go. So I mean, I'll I guess at this point all you can really do is just we just scheduled tours and started booking tours because we're like, all right, well, I mean it it looks like it's moving again, so all we can do is try. And if we if it gets down to it, you know. And it's something out of our hands, and we'll address it then. But that dude, that BT Bam tour is going great. In yeah. the states, they have like twenty sold out shows, man. That's insane, man. I know, mm -hmm. and like that—that's honestly like kind of the good thing I've been seeing lately. Is every tour that's going on, people are like, "Oh, another sold out show, another yeah. sold out show." When when these bands, maybe they would have had it one or two sold out shows on the tour but now it's like every single show exactly. is sold out it's like it's just because house. dude you already know people are just so ready to play shows again and like to oh, see yeah. and to see shows and to buy merch they've been saving up for like a year and a half man you know yeah so this whole thing's been crazy but i think at the end of the like the light at the end of the tunnel is that like Whenever this shit does come back, inevitably, like full force, like next year, especially, dude, touring is going to be like better than it's ever been. I think bands are going to make more money than they've probably ever made because people are like so stoked to get that release again. Well, dude, I, I love your positive energy behind it, man. <laughs> I seriously hope so. That would be sick. So, speaking of touring, uh, you guys have a tour coming up in the fall. Yeah. Correct with uh with Born of Osiris and yeah. Signs of the Swarm, man. That thing looks yes. that's that's pretty pretty awesome. You guys just announced that too. Mm -hmm. Man, oh, you, yeah. you've got to be pretty fucking pumped about that one, dude. Dude, I'm like I actually messaged Cameron, the fucking drummer when when we found out about it cuz no, apparently no, like you know, I'm not surprised that uh, a lot of people still haven't heard of us cuz you know, we're we're still a mid-sized band you know, in, mm -hmm. in like every, if in every measurement, you know? So yeah. I found out nobody in Boo knew had heard of us except for Cameron and Cam when it was time to book this tour, Cameron was the one that was like, yo, we need to tour with shadow. Like we've wanted to tour with shadow for like, he's like, I've wanted to tour with him for a while. Me and him have been kind of close for a while online. Um, and like hung out at some shows here and there. So we've like, you know, become good friends. And he was like, I want to tour with that drummer. Do you need to check out this band? And they checked it out and they were fucking stoked. And we got an offer and like, I'm shitting my pants, dude. <laughs> dude, that's so sick. I love how he's like, man, I love this band. The rest of the band's like, who the fuck are these guys? Straight like, up, what? dude. But as soon as he showed like Lee, I, I don't remember who showed. I think actually one of my drum students is like best friends with Lee. And I was oh, yeah. telling him, ironically, like um, like two months ago, I was telling him, like, yo, I've always wanted to tour with Bourne. And he's like, dude, oh, I'm best friends with Lee, bro. Like, I could mention it to him. And I'm like, that'd be cool. And he had still never heard of us. And when it when it came time and, and Cameron was, like, pitching us, 
my student showed Lee and he was like, yo, this is actually, this is pretty sick. Yeah, we should take him out. And then it happened. And I'm like, yo, let's fucking go, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, dude, I found them. I found them when I was like 15. I was a fucking freshman in high school, bro. And I was in computer class. And the the heaviest thing I listened to at that time was like August Burns Red. That was it. Yeah. That was the only metal I listened to, like really at all. And that and like Avenged Sevenfold, dude. Like I was not into like, I did not know heavy shit or fast, crazy shit yet. And some kid in my class was listening. To, they had just put out the new rain like that year in like 2007. And this, some kid listened to a. Uh, braced legs i think it was off that record and he had it on his headphones and he was he every i was like the only drummer in the school it was like a very small school so any drum stuff everyone came to me and this kid was like yo have you ever heard drumming like this like what is he doing and it was this part where he was playing like fucking 250 bpm or 260 bpm double bass and i was like what the fuck i was like i don't know what that is i was like i think that's his feet but like i've never heard anyone play that fast in my fucking life and i like started researching him and looked up videos of cameron and like dude 14 years ago i fucking you know what i mean like they're the reason him and his drumming is like the reason i'm even here right now so this is like dude like 15 year old me is like shitting his pants right now that we get to tour together i'm like what the fuck dude this is just the craziest thing the closest thing that uh i've i've come to that type of thing was um i i'm i'm good friends with the guys in battle cross and they had cool. shannon lucas dude uh, yes play on one of their records and then we ended up doing a couple small runs with them when shannon was playing in the band so Bro. like getting to bro down with him and and like do and we're like doing warm-ups together and stuff i'm like dude, no way like seriously man like uh, and when I was like 19 and I first like moved out and got my own place, all I would do is listen to his playing and try to mimic it. And like that, all that remains like, album, dude, it, is man. still fall of ideals is still like one of the best drumming metal performances in, in history, in my opinion. Like yeah, Shannon man. Lucas is drumming on that fucking all that remains album. Like this calling and like six, I think it was called. It was on guitar hero. Yeah. Dude, the drumming on that changed my life. And like the the reason I play double bass the way I play is because of Shannon Lucas. It's just the twitch technique. Like when you're in school and you just tap your foot, I don't do swivel yeah. anymore. I don't do like I just twitch. And he's the one that taught me with like videos. He did like a, a guitar center um drum clinic. And he's just telling like a room full of like a hundred fucking people, yeah, you know that thing when you just twitch in school? He's like literally practice that to a metronome. And he's like, that's how I play double bass. And I was like, I've been doing that my whole life. I was like, we can turn that. You know what I mean? And I did. I started practicing it, like he said. And now we're ripping. And I'm like, no way, dude. It's just the world is so small, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you would have told you, you know, when you were 19 that you'd be touring with him one day or like, you know what I mean? There's There's no way. Well, even like the Black Dahlia murder was like... Like, I got into metal, like, relatively young, I guess. Like, around, like, grade 9 or 10. Like, really into, like, Arch Enemy and, like, old power metal and stuff. Just because my brother was five years older than me. So, he was 
he got into Metallica and stuff in high school, but then by the time he was like reaching 20, he was like deep into all the thrash and melodic shit and all the Finnish and Swedish metal and all that. Right. So yeah. I literally just like, I got into it as he was getting into the heavy shit. But uh, Black Dahlia Murder, man, was one of those bands in high school. I remember the moment hearing it. My buddy was like, dude, you got to hear this and gave me the headphones in the cafeteria. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was, it was like a couple months after Unhallowed came out. You remember and what like the song was? Their first record. Um, it, it was either Funeral Thirst or uh, Elder Misanthropy. Okay. It was like. It was no, because the lyric was "My sword, one thousand battles strong." I remember my yeah. buddy like doing that growl, and I was like, "Fucking what the fuck <laughs> is this, man?" It has the, the melodicness that I love of like the power metal, but the heaviness, and it's like like gives off this creepy vibe. And man, that band literally changed my life that moment. I was like, "This is everything I love about music," and it's like speed to the extreme. I even yes. think like some of those songs are like the fastest they've ever done. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Dude, that that album is just so sick. So it's sick. unreal, man. <laughs> it's just everything about like when I was a kid, I didn't understand how small the metal world is. And then like yeah. once you're in it and you start meeting these people, it's like it's insane. You're like, maybe not I mean if you could become friends with these people, you know, which inevitably happens over time, just like by proxy, like you're just hanging, you know, somebody in your band happens to be friends with them. You meet them on a tour, whatever. That's how it works. It's like, it's usually yeah. almost always on tour. You just meet people. And then a couple years later, you're like playing with them somehow, or like you have their phone number. And it's like, dude, you, I would have laughed at you. If you would have told me when I was 16, 15, 17, that one day that this shit would be happening, dude. Like there's, you know what I mean? It shouldn't seem possible, yeah. but it's just like, it's, it's like normal, you know? It's just dudes being dudes. You realize like these people that you look up to are just like normal ass dudes, you know? It's like, yeah. it's fucking awesome, really. <laughs> well, like they talk about the six degrees of separation and how like you're always like six people away from anybody reaching anybody type of deal or really like, i've never heard of that that's kevin. actually really fascinating yeah or back in the day it was this whole thing with kevin bacon that like <laughs> no matter what you're always like six six people <laughs> away from somebody who has worked or knows kevin bacon in some <laughs> way no matter what <laughs> you know like it's crazy but in the metal world dude i feel like it's like two or three people away oh absolutely you know like like everybody is so well connected like it's in, it's absolutely insane man like mm -hmm. in, yeah even the the fact of like i could i could message like uh well maybe not Shannon Lucas cuz i can't find that guy anywhere man the guy disappeared yeah, he's off the face recluse of the earth. now yeah yeah but even like alan cassidy man like i message that guy and just like strike up a conversation i was like man you you play for a a, a like legendary band that changed my life and mm -hmm. it's like no problem and like i've hung out with 
uh, Kai Hansen from Gamma Ray and, and Halloween and Ralph Sheepers from Primal Fear. And those guys, oh, like, man. dude, you're talking like these guys lived through the 80s and like the thick of fucking, you know, when metal was true and everything, yes, right? Dude. And they just, they're just super cool, down to earth guys. And as long as you're super cool and down to earth, like, they're down to hang, man. Like, good. Just, <laughs> that's that it, makes dude. me happy. That's good to hear, man. I wish. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a couple of shitheads out there, you know, that oh, like you meet, you know, man. you meet your idols, and it's like, wow, I did not want to meet you, like you ruined it for me. But yeah. in the grand scheme <laughs> of things, I think that they're outweighed and outnumbered by like the actual amount of good people. You know what I mean? I in the metal scene, I would say that's very true, man. Very true, and like, uh, it's hard because the metal scene gets a lot of flack. It does. Um, for a lot of shit and you know sometimes yeah it's granted you know Mm -hmm. um like in the toronto scene yeah like maybe there is like some racism and sexism that goes on you know but i think if you look at it on the whole that it is like everyone is pretty inviting like it it's there's a, a select few that ruin it for everybody. Yes. But like as a whole Absolutely. and as a metal community, I like worldwide. Cause I hate to think of things like in such a tight knit way of like, Oh, one scene here, one scene there. Like I like to think of the scope as, you know, worldwide. Yes. Um, I, I think the metal scene is like super open to everything. Like as an alternative lifestyle in general, man. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think people, it's funny to me because, like, my mom is, like, super sweet. She's, like, an angel and, like, super supportive of what I do. But I've had to tell her she was really – she's, like, super Christian, right? I was, like, raised, like, super Christian. Yeah. So she's always wanted me to be in, like, a Christian metal band and all this stuff. And I'm and I've, I've <laughs> over the years, I've had to, like, show her and just, like, yo, I know that you don't agree with the lyrics – and you can't understand the lyrics that these people are talking about, but it's like, this is literally therapy for people. Yeah. Like it's, I was like, mom, like I was like, you remember how, like when I was a kid, I played fucking grand theft auto and you would like get mad at me. Cause I would like, you know, buy hookers on the game and like run over people <laughs> and shit. And, but I was like, have I ever done those things? And she's like, no. And I'm like, it's a similar thing. You know, like it's not the exact same, but it's like just because like the cannibal corpse guy, for example, it's a perfect, a great example. He sings about literally the most fucked up shit ever, basically, you know, Mm -hmm. like fucking rape and killing people. And it's, it's it's crazy, but he's in the most brutal way too. Oh, absolutely. But you, but you, if you were to go out to dinner with that guy, He's like the sweetest guy on the planet. He has fucking a, a viral video out in the world where he goes to like Target or Walmart and buys the cutest plush toys for his kids. You know? Yeah. Like that's who they really are. He's just doing it because it's like it's an outlet for fun. You know? These people aren't going out and doing this stuff. And once she realized that, she understands now that like legitimately metal people are like maybe some of the sweetest, like softest people in music period which is yeah. funny you know what i mean dude and some of the most like 
respectful people too, man. Like having bands stay at my house and everything like that. They're always like yep. mopping the floors and doing the yeah. shit that I don't even do on a daily, you know, like that's the same thing with my never mom. Been so, yeah. it's, it's just, I will, I've like let, I mean, there's been shit like six or seven bands that I've been in that have stayed with her, like Abigail Williams included, like a, a decent amount of bands yeah. just to show her like, yo, these are normal ass dudes that are sweet and respectful. And she was like blown away and like, she loves it now. She thinks it's so cool. And she, you know, she supports me more than ever. Cause she like, she understands now she's like, okay, these dudes just need an outlet. And it's like, it's just a fun thing. Like anything else. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, just cause they scream about something means that they actually believe this stuff or what, you know what I mean? Whatever you, whatever. Yeah. I just think it's, it's cute that she, she knows like she, we've literally, she's literally had like, bands like mop the floor and she's like oh you don't have to do that and they're like no is this you know thank you for letting us stay and she's like mind blown you know but that's how it that's normal that's how it is yeah i wish more people yeah. knew that you know <laughs> <laughs> totally man all right well like talking about how many bands you're in and the uh, amount of projects uh, dude like uh, let's hop into like briefly like let's just go over um some of your projects, but how many are you in right now? Because I I caught wind that the number is now fifteen. It went down. That you're in. I I it went I, down. I, oh I, wow! I, cut, I had to cut it down again. I feel <laughs> I meant like ten at the most now, but realistically, literally half of them are studio projects that will probably ne- will probably never play live again. Or yeah. just play live in general, but it's it's three, it's three main ones that like tour and stuff. Shadow being first, Contrarian, and then uh, Circuit of Suns are like the main main ones. And then I have Valiant Crusade at home, which is really cool. It would be cool to take that on the road at some point, um, mm-hmm. but for now it's just kind of like a recording thing. And then my my like my first band I was ever in basically my first real band when I was 18 is called lizard professor and we're still doing uh like recording stuff so you guys are still kicking it yeah bro <laughs> Jeez, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh man I know like my first band like completely fucking shit the bed and like um the the guys started up like other projects and stuff like that but Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like, uh, th- those were the days. And I was, I was talking to somebody more <laughs> recently about this too. It's just like, man, we just, what happened to, to just like doing things for fun Oh yeah, because they were fun. Like oh, back yeah. in the day, I remember we literally just did it and had fun doing it. Now, like as adults, when we're doing shows or writing music or anything, it's like, remember, we have to have fun because that's why we're here, <laughs> you know? Isn't like, that crazy that that's like the fun. afterthought now? <sighs> yeah, yeah, because I, I don't know. For me, I, I, I put a lot of, I guess, stress on myself because I understand how much goes into writing an album, recording an album, uh, all the PR for the release. Like I, mm-hmm. I would do a lot of the back end management stuff for my band. So I'm constantly have that in my head. Yeah. Even when we're writing music. So I have to tell myself like, get, get out of your head about that stuff. And like, 
have fun in the moment here. Right. Right? Because that, that stuff s- will come in time. Whenever you get there, you can deal with it. But Yeah, exactly. I have to like shut off that part of my brain and then start it up later on. You know, yeah. once the, the fun stuff is over. <laughs> exactly. It is crazy, yeah, though, because I, I noticed that like as soon as this became my job... Like, the, as soon as this was, like, the only thing that I did for money, I realized, mm-hmm. like, it's still fun, but, like, there's stress now that was never there, yeah. you know? Well, you're you're an adult, and this is a career, uh, so there's always that little bit in the back of your mind, like, what if this ends somehow, yeah. you especially know? Over, then especially that, over the last year and a half, man, that was, like, the, that was like, the craziest dude. thing, because no, none of, you know... Everyone I've talked to, no one thought about that as being possible, basically. Yeah. You know, we were just no. enjoying life, going on, enjoying, you know, trying to enjoy tours, having having a blast. We never stopped to think that, like, the government or whatever you, you could take this away for, like, almost two years, dude. You know? Yeah. Dude, and, like... <sighs> It's it's tough to say, man, and I'd I'd like to be as positive as you, but man, I don't think I don't think this whole thing's over. Oh, now, it's definitely not. There, it's definitely not yet. That's for sure. But I I will go on record in saying that I I think tours should commence and everybody should just start going on their normal lives and let this whole thing kind of play out. Uh, right. So, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, might need to I really feel like that, that's but. just like the best option. You know, honestly, um, and maybe this is maybe a, a little too blunt for the podcast on my personal point of view, but we are so overpopulated I agree. as a a society, like it worldwide, that yeah. this was kind of just bound to happen. And it's kind of a way for the world to cleanse itself of the parasite that has been growing on it for the last couple thousand years. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So. And this has happened. That's like, the thing that people have to remember. This has happened before. It has, man. You know, it's been Measles a long time. No one was alive years. when it happened. But, like, this whole thing has happened before. Spanish flu pandemic, masks, people signs about yeah. making people wear masks telling people to wear masks like i i understand the whole you know the people that are against it i understand the whole argument but at the end of the day like this isn't you know conspiracy shit aside this has happened before and this is how pandemics are handled to a degree i'm not saying it's handled very well but like this is what happens you know you try to protect yeah. yourself from it you mask up you get vaccines and then eventually it just becomes part of life. You know, we li- we're going to live with it like every other bacteria, every other virus that's ever been, you know? That's it, man. And like, I like uh, the whole idea of a, like a, the great e- economic reset. Yeah. Like, cause I feel like we are headed in a pretty weird path with our economy and oh, yeah. this kind of, Put everything to a halt in a way that everything could flip and and change uh, to move forward. Like it yeah. all had to kind of shut down to be able to. And I, dude, I think what's going on right now is like really, really fucking cool with how we're all so connected through the internet and yeah, and 
like, I don't know. It's just like everything going on within the economy right now is really cool. Like for me, um, music aside, I work in AV. So like oh, doing cool. video wall setups and, and everything like that. And so our industry's kind of hit the shitter too. So it's kind of awesome that I'm actually like, you know, traveling again to do stuff. That is um, awesome. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of wild, overdue. man. Cause for a long time I, uh, I was out of work and then they hired me back on and now we're actually like starting to pick up and it's really fucking cool. It um, is. It feels but, weird though. It is man. Everything's different and it's weird, but mm. you know, we're all working through it and as long as everybody understands each other and respects each other, I think everything will be cool. I'm yeah. just, I'm still worried that I'm going to come across somebody and be like, why the fuck are you wearing a mask? Like, fuck, da, 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 and like want to yeah. fight me because of it. Like, you know, Yeah, but that's uh, their problem. You know, that's their problems. Like it, it's, it might happen and it sucks, Yeah, but that's their issues that they need to deal with. You know, like that's my thing. Oh, I'll never tell man. anyone. I'm not the type of person that's going to tell anyone what they need what they should or shouldn't do with their body. You know, I, I got the vaccine because it makes sense for me in my career and what I need to do. And that's it. If you don't want to get it, that's a thousand percent your choice. And, and I don't have anything negative to say, you know, and I wish if more people were, if more people were like that, it would be a lot more chill right now, but there's so many people yeah. on both, on both sides, realistically, you know, the unvaxxed and the vaxxed that are like, both sides are saying you need to do this. And like, you know, while I might agree with some people, it's still, it's no one's place to tell anyone what to do. And it's at the end of the day, it's going to be their decision. And the, the consequence, whatever happens, it's going to be on that person, you know? So, yeah. You know, I think it's, so, everybody's it just, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's just so hard one way or the other. Right. And then there's yeah. this whole middle group of people like <laughs> us that are, like I don't really have anything to say, so I don't say anything. Right. But everybody else is yelling around you, and you're like, what exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. weird, man. Anyways, dude, let's let's get off of this and and talk about some drums, dude. So you cool. you mentioned earlier about this whole Twitch technique, and I actually was something that I wanted to talk to you about because in death metal and extreme metal drumming these days, literally, it's either you're playing double strokes or you're doing swivel and yeah. that's what it seems like. And then here's you, you know, like as far as I'm concerned, one of the, the bigger up and coming guys, um, and then shadow of intent is like <laughs> a fucking force to be reckoned with. Um, and, and you're just doing this like old school fucking barefoot twitch Hell technique. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's tight as fuck, man. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, Thank you, bro. <laughs> so Thank you, bro. literally, was that just like watching Shannon Lucas? That's and then you just mm -hmm. have built on that and never felt it necessary to to go back. Yeah, because I used to try and swivel a little bit, but I would like uh, gate. You know, Gabe Sieber. Yeah, he's a badass drummer. Uh, he used to swivel. He used to be like one of like the premier swivel guys up there with like mm -hmm. Ken Bedini and like fucking George Coleus and shit. Like he could swivel at like 260, like crazy shit, you know, not, there's yeah. like a handful of dudes that can do that single strokes, you know, for real. So, yeah. but he was complaining about knee problems 
and George Coleus has complained about knee problems, and almost every person that's really, almost every person that's done swivel complains about that, and I'm like, you know, is Fuck it really, is it that important? Like, do I really yeah. need it? Is it helping that much to where I couldn't do this with like some other technique? And I started, I started playing when I was three. So that's crazy. I've never really had a choice. It's just like natural for me. And I've always naturally Mm -hmm. just done the twitch. I only started doing, trying to do swivel when I was like trying to get in, you know, having to like play for the faceless and like starting to actually have to play like 240, 250. I was getting nervous, you know. Cause it was, it's yeah. fucking fast as shit. So I was trying to like swivel and do all this stuff and it was, it worked, but I'm, I'm hitting like the same exact speeds that I was hitting trying to swivel, just twitching now, like not wasting energy, like anywhere else. Just, you know what I mean? And just practicing yeah. that technique to a metronome, just like Shannon said. Cause I mean, like you said, realistically, 90% of drummers in metal basically for extreme shit are doing like doubles now, which is cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But like, no, man, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> like, I, dude, I, I've been working on it and it is a lot harder than these guys. It's make hard. It look, dude, it's not it easy. It's not easy. No, no, especially to keep it that tight. Like, yes, I'll do, I'll like practice it and be like, oh yeah, no, that's getting good. And then I'll go back to my swivel and I'll be like, I can, do it 20 bpm faster and it's so much tighter and it just feels mm-hmm. better and i'm like why am i why am i doing this the most impressive thing to me is if you can rip singles until you need to do doubles but the problem is which i've heard from a lot of drummers is that once you start working on doubles and really start working on doubles and you don't work on singles anymore you lose your singles and I've heard that yeah. from like every drummer that does doubles now. So I I need I'm gonna have to learn doubles because I have to f- play fucking Anthony Barone's fucking crazy ass drum parts. So I have to learn heel toe for certain things, and I I have like I put a little like heel toe. There's a couple heel toe sections on the new Shadow album because I mm-hmm. I just had to learn it. But like it's it's impressive ever playing heel toe clean but i don't want to be i don't ever want to be the person that is is playing like doubles at like 190 or like 200 you know what i'm saying yeah because like that it's that's still fast but like if i'm going to use doubles i only want to use it for like 240 and above and really try to because singles are i feel like just in general you get more respect especially nowadays if you can do like 22230 up to 22230 with singles clean that's fucking hard and you don't see that very often anymore you know what i mean yeah it, dude it's only like the the top guys like can um <sighs> and um even like alan cassidy man that guy that yep. guy rips it i yep. know bdm isn't they're they're in the upper and the crazy part is is like 240 isn't that fast anymore. That's what's fucked. You know? And it's so when you fast. Got, it's so fast, man. And that, but you're right. It's that's so what like with band you got bands it's like not. fucking Arcspire and shit playing at 330 now, literally. It's like like a hundred literally a hundred BPM faster than what I used to strive to do 
it's like yeah bro that's, this is that was like my end goal yeah <laughs> and, it's unbelievable what yeah. music is doing now dude it's like insane <laughs> dude it's nuts and i i love it but also at a certain point i'm like guys like <laughs> spencer can you just like you're ruining it for the rest of us dude come on <laughs> no one can do this bro <laughs> yeah man hey dude no one can take his job then that's right? true you're the best at what you do it's true and you'll never lose your job that's, that's the it. goal man so that's the fucking goal <laughs> that's the dream <laughs> but man and then you got like flesh god apocalypse so it's like oh. it's pretty standard that they're like 260 is like their yeah, average bpm which is and i'm just like bullshit oh my god i know you know like fuck off and they've had but, three different dudes that rip it and i'm like how how yeah how is there this many people that are this good dude <laughs> Then Francesco goes from playing drums, learning how to play drums for that band, yep. and then being like, oh, you know what? Our our vocalist is leaving. All right, I'll fuck it, I'll do vocals and play guitar. Yeah. Like same thing. What? Yeah. And then still like, tracked the drums on the albums. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. He's like, I'll I'll just I'll just do it all and it's fine. It's like, fuck, dude. Okay. Like Yeah. All it's right. just inspiring, man. It's like next level. Yeah. It is. It's inspiring, but it's also just like, fuck. When people like come up to, to to me and be like, "Man, you're so amazing," I'm like, "No, no, that is fucking yeah, amazing, dude. Exactly. Like, that's like unreal, mm-hmm. you know." But that's how I feel, like, dude. Extremely... I show people like Anthony Barone's videos and like fucking Ken Bedini's videos, and I'm like, "No, dude, this this shit is crazy." Like, yeah, <laughs> entire songs yeah, at 280, like. With like with Bedini, it's like nothing but singles, perfectly clean. And like with fucking Anthony Barone, like Beneath the Massacre, it's like three hundred BPM the whole song. Oh double strokes, super clean double strokes, crazy single stroke fills and fucking gravity blasts. I'm like, dude, I can't even do a gravity blast at all. And this kid's ripping it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's unbelievable, man, what people are doing. All right, now. dude. I, I, I got a pair of sticks here. I'll uh, I'll show you how to gravity blast after this. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but dude, yeah, dude, those guys are insane, man. And like, I guess that that leads to like a, a really weird conversation where it's like, it, it depends on how you take that drumming on when you see these guys. You have to allow it to inspire you to be like, holy shit, this is amazing, mm-hmm. but not let it. Like, yes, they're kind of setting, not discourage you because like, dude, there's a really good chance that 99% of drummers will not get to that level. It's true. Ever. Yeah. Right. You know, but like, that's not where the, the bar is. That is like where that's where the ceiling is. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So that's important to remember. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it, man. You, and you can't get discouraged by it. You have to use that to be like, you know, just just try strive to get to your personal best. You know, um like having doing the best that you can do and always wanting to get better within your own skill level and not looking at everybody else and comparing yourself to them. And I, I've struggled with that my whole career, man. It's so hard not to, man. Like, like I started playing drums when I was like 18 and within the first year I, I joined my band Crimson Shadows and we're like, we came into the scene like Dragon Force on crack Nice. And Dragon Force was huge at that time, like 2006, 2007. Okay. Um, 
So, and everyone was like, oh my God, like you're so fast. And it was like 190, 200, probably 200 was like the Holy fastest fuck, I was going. Dude. Right. And, uh, they were like, yeah, you're so fucking fast, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, I'm, I've only been playing like a year, mm-hmm. you know, at this point. So like huge ego boost yeah. like one year playing drums. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be the next big thing. And then fast forward fucking 14 years later and man like i I still struggle to play 200 sometimes you know <laughs> like it's hard man it's like it's hard fuck, to play man. like realistically it's hard to play any tempo clean and i mean like actually clean not when people yeah. think they're playing clean and it doesn't sound good like mm-hmm. you track to a metronome and you listen back and it's it's tight at any tempo yeah. dude that's fucking hard like i don't care who you are you know yeah dude that's why every drummer when they record especially i love when like newer drummers that have never recorded need advice because they're always so discouraged bro like the first three times five times they record if they've never recorded they're like i fucking suck dude i'm so sloppy and it's like no bro this is how it goes for every drummer yeah every album all can't be like arguably every album you've ever heard is fucking quantized to fuck. And if you actually heard the actual performance that they recorded, you would feel a lot better about yourself. You know? That's it, dude. I mean, granted, but, you're like, right. There is like the Alex Rudingers that are literally MIDI drums clean. You know, it's like unbelievable. Yeah. And Travis yeah. Orban. But like you said, that's the ceiling, dude. That's not the standard. Yeah. That's like, it doesn't get better than that. So you can't compare yourself to those people because it's it's not fair (laughs) it's really not fair man and dude honestly if you have the drive and the willpower and everything like that and and positivity strive for that then oh yeah there's nothing stopping you from being that good but what what you don't realize is like alex rudinger puts out all these videos and they are fucking mint and amazing all this stuff you didn't see the amount of practice and hours upon hours and the sacrifice that went into that moment to capture it that good like exactly like these guys a lot of them like don't go out they don't have social lives no you you play drums or you play your instrument goes for any instrument across the board once you get to that level man Mm -hmm. like you're doing nothing but that because you want to be the best yeah. and unless you have that mindset then just try to be the best that you can be right and not care about what everyone else thinks you know that's a good yeah. point because it, especially like i mean this is like a a good segue for the same thing right here because i've i've played on like almost 30 albums now but no one has heard like almost any of them, dude. You know? Yeah. Because every band that I've ever recorded for has never known about marketing or PR. And so they just spent the money to make the EP. And then they were like, this is sick. If we, you know, this music rules, we're going to put it out and people are going to talk about it and it's going to blow up. That's not how anything works. You know? No. So every band I've ever been a part of, for for the most part, you know, especially but like more local bands we just put something out and no one ever hears it. You know, that's just, that's what happens. It's if you, if you don't invest friends, (laughs) right. So this is the first time getting to do this new shadow record. Like this is the first time 
since we put out our first single a couple weeks ago, this is the first time I've ever been in this spotlight of criticism ever in my life. Yeah. And it was like a similar thing of like, I've grown up, started playing when I was three. I've always been told I was good, which when I was younger wasn't good because I was a little shithead when I was younger until I realized like, yo, people shit on me, you know? And now coming into this band, it's really cool and it's a dream come true. But like the last album they put out was like the pinnacle for them. It wasn't like, I'm not saying it was a cap, obviously, but like it was the biggest and best thing that they had ever done. And they like, they set a new standard for themselves and Anthony's drumming on that album was so sick that like, I'm not, I'm not him, bro. Like I had to accept like, I've, you know, I need to not go through the comments, but I'll go through the comments and there's at least a good 10 people. Now granted this is out of like thousands of people. So it's still a good ratio. You know, most people are yeah, being really sweet. Good percentage. But of course, I'm yeah. going to focus on what I can work on. And there's at least, you know, a good minimum 10 people across like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram comments that are saying like, drumming's good, but it's not Anthony. Or like, I'm, you know, drumming's okay, but like, I miss Anthony. And it's like, mm-hmm. that really fucked with me at first, dude. Like I was like yeah. getting super emotional about it, and like it was I was letting it get to me so much, and then I had to accept I'm like, bro, I, I can't fucking gravity blast, and and alternate blast and do fills at 300 BPM. That's not who I am as a drummer. Like yeah. he, he is that guy. If you know, if I hate to say it, but like if they want to hear his drumming, they can just listen to the last album, or they can listen to any of the amazing things that he is going to go on to do. But if you know on this new stuff it's me it's not him so i have to accept there's going to be those handful of people that no matter what i do bro i'll never be him to them but that's okay cuz i'm not you know this album yeah. isn't going to be fucking crazy fast insane berkeley level fills like he can do it's going to be my rendition of what i think the band needs and the best of my ability you know and I'm proud of it, and that's that's all I can do, you know. Yeah, it's hard to not and focus also, on that shit, dude. And and if the band as a whole is is happy with how everything turned out, man, and you're proud of that's what matters. The new record, then that that is what matters at the end of the day. And I guarantee people will love it. Mm-hmm. People, some people will hate it. Right. But you know, That's like anything, some people though. hated the last record too. Exactly. The, so nobody, you can never satisfy everybody, and if you try, you're only going to hate yourself. Oh so. yeah, you'll go crazy. And I have, oh, I, yeah. I legit have over that before, mm-hmm. and and I had to realize, like, dude, and I have like really awesome supportive friends that have been there and told me, like, bro, I know how you are, but like. You, it is literally impossible to please everyone, and you've got to stop trying to do that. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, man. You know, it it'll is. never work. Well, dude. Well, when I was uh, recently watching your new playthrough uh, <laughs> video for Intensified Genocide, yeah. uh, I, I I scrolled through the comments, man. I scrolled through them, and uh, dude. 
every single one was about how you have this massive smile on your face and you look like you're having the time of your life. Like this Mm -hmm. one guy said, uh, (coughs) Bryce's expression reminds me of a kid on Christmas day opening his presents. (laughs) And then below Mm -hmm. that was like, did anyone give him the lyrics to this song? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I love that shit, man. Like, dude. Yeah, man. I think, like, regardless, uh, like, you're you're playing. I I think anyway stands true uh, to make the song the best it possibly can. Uh, Thank and, you, dude. Hands down, you're you're up there with some of the best guys in the game. Like, thank you, bro. Hundred percent. Um, in no way would ever belittle your playing. Um, it's it's far above. You know, ninety eight percent of the guys out there, you know, you're you're like inches from the ceiling, bro. Inches. That's from okay. It. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. You know, like I, it it works. I can do what I want to do and need to do, and like that's that's what matters. You know, and it's it's like you said, I'm I'm trying to show off to a degree in these songs, but I have to play for the song, and you what a lot to, of people man. I don't understand. You know, they have to take into account. You have to look at the songs that Anthony was given to play on. He was given mm-hmm. like three 300 BPM songs to play on. If I was given three 300 BPM songs to play on this song, I would have been able to do crazier, faster stuff, more like Anthony that probably would have pleased those Anthony fans. But I wasn't yeah. given a 300 BPM song in this album. So it's not... That's it. You can't force... You know, I'm not going to take a part that's 150... And just go, just to do this and be like, yeah. Yeah. It, no, if it ruins the song, I, I, I blew it, you know? It's like you said. You blew your load all over right. it, man. It's, what matters <laughs> is, like, at the end of the day, dude, I tracked the drums. They came into the studio and listened to the album, and they were happy with it, and I'm, and I'm happy with it. And there's going to be points in the future where I'll get to, do some even faster stuff and try to show off maybe some more Anthony style stuff. But I just need to like drop the comparison thing. Like you said, hundred percent, you know, and just like, let it be what it is. And like, accept and know that even realistically, even if I gave the world the greatest drum performance of all time, arguably there's going to be a percentage of people that say, Oh, it sucks. Not impressed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. the greatest artist of all time ever. There's going to be a group of people, usually insecure people, not to talk shit, but it's usually from a place <laughs> of, it's usually all psychological, you know? They're unhappy yeah. with their lives. They're not doing anything cool at all. And they're just trying to shit on people that are trying to do what they love because it makes them feel better about where they're at. So I'm just going to be like, you know what? Y'all are going to exist. It's not going to stop me from doing what I want to do. And honestly, like the age-old saying, you know you made it when you have, like, haters. That's it, You know, dude. the more That's popular it. you get, the more haters you're going to have. It's, it's, it's basic math. That, yeah. you know, that percentage of haters is going to be there. So, nor, you know, just like you would expect, if the, your fans go up, the amount of haters is going to go up with it. So... We just got to get used to it, you know? <laughs> That's it, man. You decided to join a, a band that was on the up, dude. Like, 
you know yeah so this is like if, a if dream you can't take this things. is like a dream gig for me though and that's what was cute and funny I, I really appreciate all the people being so sweet in the playthrough comments because like dude i legitimately remember in that moment right before the playthrough i specifically remember telling myself okay like internally i was like you know you want to smile you always smile try to look badass like try to look <laughs> brutal and it's not possible because at the no. end of the day i'm getting to live my dream playing in a band that is like basically my dream band that i never thought i'd get to play it for getting to track drums on an album that people are going to hear which is like that alone is one of my biggest dreams getting to track on a Tama mm -hmm. kit, say, you know, like my dream setup, all this stuff that's in my head. That's what I'm focused on. You know, I'm just, I was just so grateful that it was impossible for me to not yeah. smile, you know? And I think that was so funny. Cause like, I know what the song's about. It's like about the whole album is about super real, brutal shit that actually happened. Like real wars and real shit that people, a lot of people don't know happened that Ben, at being a history buff in a cool way wants mm -hmm. to like let the world know, you know let americans and the world know like what has really gone on and we should know about it i know that that's what we're singing about but i yeah. you know in the moment the it's just so fun <laughs> i'm just like the drum parts <laughs> yeah, are so fun and i'm like i'm legit some of the comments are like he can't like it looks like he can't believe what he's playing like that's true like yeah i Nobody knows this, but like when I did those playthroughs, that was like I had just finished tracking the album. So I had only played that song like four times. Like the four times I, I ran through each song like four or five times to track the album. And then we and then we took mm -hmm. the best parts from each take and comped it together. So I had only played each song from the album like four times, dude. So I had like almost never played that song. So like I was playing the parts and hittings when I was like hitting what I wrote because I programmed the whole yeah. album out beforehand. And so when I was like hitting some of the accents I programmed, I was like, oh my God, I was like, I'm doing it. Oh, oh my God. Like I couldn't, I, I literally <laughs> couldn't believe it. And so I was like, oh my God, this is so sick. <laughs> it's fucking dude. awesome. Uh, and yeah. And thinking about it, it's like, holy shit, that is the look on your face, dude. It was like I, it was oh like God. it was I like know, real time. Like when like, I would hit something like, like uh, that part where it's like the like it's just that triplet thing on the yeah. ride, but the feet are doing like hertas underneath. That's fucking yeah. hard as fuck to do a straight yeah, triplet with the right hand, but hertas underneath that. And every time I nailed that, I was like, oh, oh, I'm doing it. Oh my god. <laughs> because i programmed it and i was like i don't know if i could do this you know but i had to and then it's like holy shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably like you well you wrote it all and then you probably listened to it like dozens of times to like oh so many in times your head before the studio so then you're actually like playing it filming it exactly doing the thing and you're like well and holy shit. there was some somebody there was a funny comment that was actually not too far off but he was like it looks like somebody's making funny faces at him in the background the funny thing about that actually is that at atrium uh with grant and carson the the studio that they were using at the time it it was like a temporary studio there was a window like right here like in front of yeah. me 
they were watching me. Chris Wiseman was watching me, and Grant and Carson were all watching me. And me and Carson have a great, and me and Grant and Carson have a great uh, relationship because when I filled in for the Star Wars band Galactic Empire, uh, Carson was my roommate. So we already had this great relationship. So we were already like yeah. super stupid and silly together. And I'm tracking the playthrough, and every time I fucking look up at the. <laughs> I tried not to look because I knew it was going to be funny, but every time I fucking looked at the window, they're making faces at me or they're, or they're just like, Ugh! or like something funny. And I can't hear them, you know, like they, they'll be moving their mouths, but I can't hear them because I'm ripping the song. But it's just like, yeah. I'm trying to rip, but <laughs> they're fucking with me. And it's like, there's a couple places in the, there's like one spot in particular in the playthrough where you can see I'm literally like I'm literally looking at them and like smiling and like we're just making faces and it's just it's wholesome man you know yeah <laughs> dude I I miss that about tour too because I remember uh, when we did a tour with Unleash the Archers and there it was like almost the same thing where like the green room was uh, stage right and had this window oh my god and I literally just like was making faces at Scotty, their drummer, the whole time. And we kept eye contact, like dead eye contact for for almost a full song. Holy fuck. Where he was just playing, just staring at me the whole time. Oh my God, that's so man. funny. I <laughs> yeah. miss that shit, man. That's that's like one of the main things about tour I miss is like your buddy's side stage fucking with you and you just ripping a set oh, and like muscle memory, not even thinking about it and just like fucking making faces and shit at each other. It's like... The cutest Dude, shit. especially on tour too, man. Once you get past that three day mark, like you're. Set. Oh yeah, and you're just like you're, you're just ripping you're the set. Everyone's ripping. You're not even thinking about it, and yeah. you can just have fun with it, dude. That's, that's it. what I'm Until looking. Get the, that's what I'm looking forward the, to with this fucking boo tour, man. With with Cameron. Yeah, man. Because the last time that I saw him was he came out to uh, one of Shadow's last shows on our headliner a year and a half ago. He came mm -hmm. out to the Chicago show. And he watched me from side stage and that was it. Like the whole set, I was like fucking making faces at him and shit and like just being all cute. And I can't wait to do that like every night, dude. And like make faces at him and try to fuck him up and shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute, man. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. So let's backtrack back uh, to the record. Um, so... Where did where did you go? Because you guys did or Shadows did the last record with Christian Donaldson yep. at the Grid. Yes, right. Um, did you go back to Christian for this album? Well, he is mixing and mastering it again. Okay, but we were we I was supposed to to fly to the Grid and track drums there, but because of COVID, it was like a no go. Like they wanted. Yeah, yeah. We talked to the Canadian government, and they wanted like. It was going to be like three grand. I was going to have to rent a hotel room and, and pay for it. And they weren't going to reimburse us for like at yeah. least three days. Get a COVID test. We might have, because I'd have to get the hotel room and we wouldn't know about the COVID test, we might have to schedule more studio days, which is like 500 a day. Mm -hmm. You know, so it would have yeah. ended up being like three grand just for me to even get over there, dude. Yeah, man. And then not only that, Dude. but we also had a videographer that the guy that shot the playthroughs that was going to have to come yeah. as well. So that's like another two or three grand. And we're like, "Dude, there's no way we can spend like $4,000 for two dudes to to maybe make it over there. We don't even know if we'll get to stay and like actually yeah. record." So, 
we got really lucky and Chris was asking me, he was like, yo, make a list of like the top three studios, like really pro studios that you would want to track drums at. And I was like, well, you know, I would love Jason Sukoff, but I know that he's busy and like really expensive. Um, but I was like, dude, I know the Atrium guys, like I, I filled in for their Star Wars band. So like we're, we're good friends. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I was like, Dude, they do August, like they do guys. August Burns Red. I was like, you can't argue, you know, they're fucking Grammy nominated, dude. Like, what are you gonna say? Yeah, you know. So he yeah. was like, oh, cool. We hit him up. They gave us a, a a pretty solid deal on it. So I flew to fucking Pennsylvania for like ten days and tracked drums with them, and we tracked and edited drums there, and then we sent all the drum files to Christian and. uh it's it's pretty much done. Um, I think it officially gets sent off uh, like the end of this month for vinyls and shit. So, oh, sick man, sick. So you guys like really just kind of uh, did a single, got that mixed and finalized, and then finished up the the mixing on the rest of the record. Yeah, we we would have nor- like normally we would, you know, you would normally want to wait until probably like the whole thing is done. Um, but when it went at the end of last month, when it got close to putting the single out or when we wanted to put it out, we were like, yo, the mix of the album is like there, like this, yeah. this is the mix of the album. It's just automation from here on out. Yeah. So it just tweaks. Right. And like, you already know, so, like the yeah. mix is staying the exact same cause it's all in one session. So the mix of yeah. intensified is the mix of the whole album. But as you know, mm-hmm. every, I mean, Every album, every song on this album is different. Like that, the way that Intensified sounds, there's not another Surreption tech deathy sounding song really on the record. Like that's the one, which is cool because yeah. I think a lot of people are expecting that to be the new direction, and that's just part of it, which is cool. So, yeah. since all the other songs are so different, you know, we have to go through like the drum, like. We have to automate the drum, like the ghost notes for every song. And there's so many ghost notes, dude. That alone is taking forever. You know, Ben, all all the automation shit. That's all all we have to do. So we've been doing that for a while. Um, And now we're just going to, I think we're just finishing up. We're going to do a bunch of singles, basically. I can't say like how many songs are on the album or when it's coming out yet, because we're going to make an announcement on that, but. I can at least say that we're going to be putting out like a decent amount of singles before uh, the album comes out so that we can like one, I think like one a month if I'm allowed to say that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. That And that, that's pretty standard these days too. Um, that you should like, man, I, I was kind of following Gojira's uh, album Ooh, yeah. release this year. They started it, I think 10 months. Boom. Before the album release. Yeah. Like they dropped one song and it was like, holy fuck. And right before that, they came out with the Neural DSP plugin. Exactly. So that was actually the start that was part of press. That was like a year beforehand. Because then it was like, oh, by the way, we recorded this whole record with that plugin. And it's like, what the fuck? Exactly. Like, it all came full circle. Man, the it's genius, PR man. game was on point. It's genius. And then... It was like number one on the billboard. Uh, like what yep. the fuck? But that's what I'm <laughs> like, saying, man. Gear, like, really? like we talked so, about earlier, you know, it's, Im- mm-hmm. it's important. The money that you spend to make your album sound good is like a fifth 
of the pie, bro. If you don't, yeah, if you don't save money it. for the marketing and the PR of it, no, you could have a, a ten thousand dollar album. No one's gonna hear it, bro. I mean, no one. Obviously, if you're on a label or you're a bigger band, that doesn't apply. But if you're somebody that no one knows, you know, even if you have semi decent numbers, if you're like an independent band or a smaller band, no one's gonna hear your music unless you put save that money, the same money or more money than you spent on the record putting that in you know and we've never shadow's never really done pr much before this and i think we're going to be using um slipknot and like lamb of god's pr for this album nice and we're nice. trying to we we took note chris takes notes so we took notes like from yeah. the gojira release and was like yo yeah it's normal to do like a th- you know 3 months before 2 3 months before you know put out one single one single, then you announce the album, and then the album comes out, and you know you push that single and you push the album. But realistically, your numbers are only going to be inflated for like what those four months that it's being pushed, mm-hmm. and then it's going to drop, yeah. and then you you're not going to see almost any growth unless you do bigger tours, or and or until you put something else out, which normally is like a year and a half away, right? At least. Well, yeah. if you fucking do this, and like since we have enough songs on our album, Chris was like, yo. Why don't we play like kind of the Gojira game and put out like, you know, a decent amount of singles and start like, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't, almost like half a year, something, you know, whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. Let's take like twice as long, more than like the average band pushing this and just see what happens. So it's kind of, yeah. it's like kind of like an experiment, but I think, I think it's going to, I think it's going to do well. Because if we do this, it do it this way, you know, every month we put out a single or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Because I don't want to give up. I don't want to say anything I'm not supposed to say. But right. whenever we put out, whatever, I'm trying to get it out of you. W- but <laughs> whenever we put out what we're gonna put out, you know, each time we do, we can ride off of that until inevitably the next thing comes out. And if we do that, dude, you know, we're talking about like eight, like a Gojira thing, like eight to ten months of something being pushed because yeah. you just because you released it differently it's the same stuff we could just do it you know the same thing that most bands do which would still work one two singles and then album release but we're like yo why don't we try like three four whatever the number is like however many singles and just push those and then when the album comes out push that and see if that does better than what we did before and if it does then we might just do this from now on you know and and also when you're doing it over a long period of time, you release the first single and you see how that does. Exactly. And then you and maybe you have the second one planned already, but it still gives you time to kind of analyze the reaction of the fans and how that did and maybe pivot your approach exactly. to how you are releasing the singles. Exactly. You know, and get creative with it too, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a big part of it. Um, I just it, I think it's, it's almost... fascinating. Like I've never been a part of something quite this professional, I guess. And mm-hmm. that's not that's not a knock towards any band I've ever played for. Obviously, you know they're all professional and like all amazing. But I've just never, I've never. First of all, I've never like played on a record like this, you know. But they're they're doing it really smart like we got behind the scenes footage of like all the music videos we shot you know 
Mm-hmm. So like we put out our single and then three days later we posted like a clip of the single and then said, you know, like, how's everyone liking this? And then we got like a bunch of like reaction videos done. And then like a week later we posted some behind the scenes pictures and then a week later we posted some more behind, you know what I mean? You just have a yeah. bunch of content for for each thing that you're doing. You have multiple layers of content to push for each video, you know, behind the scenes yeah. pictures or whatever it is. It's like, should be kind of common sense, but I've never thought of it that way. And it's just maximizing the most out of each thing that you do. You know, so like you said, if 100%. you do one thing a month, but every week you have something planned, like you put out the video the first of the month, but then the next week you post some behind the scenes picture, the next week you post some other behind the scenes thing, you just turned one picture or one video you know, into a month's worth of, like, hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never thought about doing that before, but it's like, okay, this makes fucking sense. You know? And so if we do, if we do that with everything, then it's like, okay, bro, by the time we fucking put this thing out, people have had a long time, you know, with each song that hopefully we should be in a good spot, you know? 100%, man. And, like, honestly, like, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. The hardest part is actually implementing and, and getting all of that done because it takes oh, big a time. lot of work. Oh, yeah. A lot of planning and a lot it. of money like, too, man. It takes a lot of money yeah. and a lot of time and planning mm-hmm. and, and the right people. You know, you yeah. get somebody that doesn't want to put the work in, like you're going to have to leave them behind because you set deadlines. Deadlines are for a reason, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people don't set deadlines because they're lazy and they know they won't reach it. And I've been a product of that. And, you know, me, myself, setting goals and then not sticking to it. And then nothing ever gets done. And then I wonder why nothing gets done or why the release didn't do well. And it's because I'm like, dude, deadlines are there for a reason. Like, they're scary, but it makes you work. It makes you finish something and set another goal to get more stuff done. You know what I mean? That's it, man. And so it's been That's it's it. been cool. Like we do fucking like weekly ever since the first single came out, we do weekly video calls as a band to just yeah. talk about okay, how you know, let's look, go over the numbers, how did it do? What is everyone's thoughts? This is what's next on the agenda. We need this done by this date, this done by this. On this date we're going to post this at this time, you know, and just mm-hmm. roll. And I've never really been a part of something that organized and it's it's pretty inspiring, really. Well, dude, it's it's a business. It's straight up a business, and and literally, you know, having those those meetings are it's like roll call. Like, okay, did is. you do this? Did you do that? Like, okay, because everyone has their role. And it's also even f- on the local scale of things, I find it motivating yes. because it's so. It's so easy, like if you're not in a touring band where that is your main source of income, because I, I'll, you know, 95% of uh, musicians and everything, that's not what they do for a right, living. Absolutely. It is just a hobby. But to keep you motivated, it's like, it, it's really hard to get sidetracked by life. It's true. Like, life is hard. When you're an adult, there's a lot of fucking shit going on. Yeah, and, and it does not really slow hard. down. No, it doesn't, it does man. It gets worse, and 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 everything just starts to pile up, and this and that, and then your band gets tossed to the side as an afterthought. But if yep. you're having those weekly calls, 
and you see like, and you're, you're talking about all the things you're doing and want to get done, blah, blah, blah. It's that, that motivational push for everybody. Mm -hmm. So even you local bands out there, man, do your weekly calls or like, you know, like always talk and, and always be wanting to do shit because doing shit is the fun part as hard as it is. Yeah, like, it's true. It's the easiest dude, part. It, it's, it's so much fun. You're getting together with your bros and you're creating something, whether mm -hmm. it's film or audio or whatever it is, man. Like you can make creative. it fun. Exactly. You can make it, you can make it fun and still be doing your bullshit content stuff. Exactly. Like, you know, just have fun. No one's asking you to be somebody you're not. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Well, dude, I think that's a, a decent place to end it. Literally didn't really touch on any single one of my notes here, man. We kind of just <laughs> fucking got on a roll of shit, man. I don't want to keep you all night here, man. Oh, um, you're good, bro. No worries. <laughs> we can keep chatting and yeah, fuck, I got hit, nothing if, to if do. If you want to hit some of your points, I don't want to fucking... No, man, I just want to uh, plug your YouTube channel here. There's a lot of sick stuff that you've done over, I think, the past 11 years yeah. that you've been posting on there. <laughs> um, one, one of the coolest things, uh, there's two two super fun ones, man, is uh, you uh, blasting over the Power Rangers theme. <laughs> like, dude, if anybody wants to hear Power Rangers with blast beats, go check it out. <laughs> Thank All you, right? bro. Uh, and uh and also man that's so raven yeah seriously bro i watched that <laughs> like, show so much when i was a kid bro i can't even lie oh <laughs> fuck dude man i was like, like i have I to metal this like, up bro fuck that brings me back man like <laughs> yes my 12 year old self right there dude. Yes. and it was sick man it's a short song but fuck mm -hmm. it, it was sick it was a banger did a great job man yeah Great fucking show, dude. Um, <laughs> dude, how did your live stream with Sick Drummer go? It was so awesome. It was so that awesome. Was like, uh, that was last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 18th. Yep. Uh, or the the 15th? Yeah. Or was it the 8th? Yeah, yeah the 15th. 15th in, in Buffalo. So I think Sick Drummer still has that up on their yes. site. You can check it out on their Facebook. Go, uh, go watch that. Uh, cause that was, I, I caught some of it and it was fucking, it was gnarly. It was awesome to see Thank you back you, on stage, man. Thank it you. Was. It felt that weird, been a man. good feeling. Did it? It was yeah. great, but like it took a second. Like, I mean, once you're in your element, you're in your element, you know, but like the yeah. whole, like setting up a drum kit on a stage, like pa unpacking, unpacking, traveling. It was like, holy shit, this, I haven't done this in like a year and a half. This is like f fucking cool. But like when yeah. when it comes back, back is there gonna be a little bit of a learning? Just kind of getting back into the swing, dude. When I stopped touring, it was like 2015. Okay, uh, I stopped doing like serious touring. Um, and when we we've done a couple runs since, but it was like years between that. And when I we started doing runs again, like it was a very very different feeling. Yeah, like when you're in the routine and like year after year you're touring and touring and you you're with the same guys and you know like you get into this routine of how everything's done and then you take a break 
and then you have to get back into it. So I feel for all the bands that never wanted to stop touring, but were forced to. Agreed. <laughs> right? Because like, it's a very strange feeling taking a break from something and then having to get back into it is like, mm-hmm. you're a different person, man. And I don't care what anyone says. Every single person has changed over the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Because of this. Oh, 1000%. Like, like, man, I am completely different, man. Like I, uh, as I completely stopped drinking, I started caring about my health. Like, like I've changed so much about who I am and and what I'm trying to accomplish in this mm-hmm. within this life, uh, compared to where I was at beforehand. Like just being an alcoholic who wanted to play drums. Yeah, you know, I'm proud of you. So, man. oh, thanks, buddy. Of course, thanks. I know that's hard, uh, but that's that's a good place to be, man. Yeah, and I recently quit smoking too, which I'm pretty. I think I'm about three, three and a half months in, and good for I'm you. Feeling good about it, dude. I'm feeling. I'm trying good to do about the same it. thing. That's why I got yeah. this. I'm trying to fucking stop cigs, See, man. Dude, <coughs> dude, I, I just, they got so expensive up here. Oh yeah, and it's they like they raised they raised the price again, and I just said no. Good. I and I I finished the pack that I had, and I was like, I'm not buying any more smokes. I'm done. And I knew if I went to the vape that I would just get addicted to that because yeah. that's who I am. That's like, that's where I'm, I'm at. I'm a I'm addictive personality all day. Yeah. And I knew I like that was just gonna be another thing. And especially like getting into audio and, and just sitting at my studio desk for hours on end. I would just You won't be even think about it, right? Yeah. It'd be nonstop, dude. Nonstop. Mm-hmm. So I was, I told myself I'm like, no, I'm just gonna stop. I quit drinking, like on a dime like that was it so i can do it with smoking too and absolutely uh now now for some reason i'm on a keto diet uh because i i truly hate myself uh but i'm trying to <laughs> like lose the last last little bit of weight and, and and tone up and actually be happy with the way i look for once man because even though i quit drinking to help with my mental health i realized that it probably didn't solve all the problems I had. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> trying to trying to work them out slowly here. Good. Um all right. <laughs> all right. Uh back to back to drumming slightly and then we'll uh wrap things up. Uh so one thing that we share in common is uh we both endorse Los Cabos drumsticks. Uh-huh. Uh, how long have you been, uh, you've been playing, uh, Los Cabos and I did see that you have a signature series red hickory. Mm-hmm. Are they to be, to be red hickory? It's the rock stick. Oh, okay. Awesome. So a little my, bigger. Uh, my co, my co-host Derek plays the, uh, rock red hickory as well. I hooked him up with a couple pairs and he loves them. Oh, it's the best he used stick to use, ever. like. He used to use like massive Vic Firth, Vic Firth ones, and uh, just kept breaking them like oh, all same. the time. Non-stop. I used uh, Vic yeah. Firth uh, metal sticks for forever, and then I went to the Vic Firth Chris Coleman's, which were great. But for mm-hmm. like eleven, twelve dollars a pair, dude, I was breaking them so fast. I was like, "This is I can't. I literally can't afford this." Yeah, and I was playing. I was on some tour. Holy shit! I was. This is weird. I wasn't even playing. I was drum teching for Within Destruction. Uh, it was Within Destruction, Lorna Shore, Body Snatcher, and Enterprise Earth. 
I was mm-hmm. drum taking. I wasn't even playing. And some guy came out to a show. Jeff's uh, Jeff Hoff something. He's got a. He's, he's super sweet. Um, he came out to a show and brought a bunch of sticks, and wanted me to try them. And I did. And I played a set with them, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then I sent an email, and that was it, dude. And I've been playing them probably been two two years now. I think about two years. Yeah. And I love. It. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man. And like anybody that I've turned on to them, um, like uh, like Dave McGraw from from California. Oh yeah, I ran into him when they were on Summer Slaughter, uh, and I was like, "Yo, do you endorse any sticks? Like, do you play for a brand?" He's like, "Nah, not really, man." I'm like, "All right, like, check out these and like." Check out Lost Cabos. Uh, we'll get you hooked up because, like, you'll you'll love these, man. Don't worry about it. I know you'll love them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like, this is like one of the best companies I've ever uh, been a part of. Like, oh, yeah. b- the best by far, man. It's like a family over there, man. Oh yeah, Phil and Steph, just like awesome people, man. They're the coolest, awesome. man. Angels. Yeah. Yeah, man. As soon as I started up this podcast, um, we got to talking, and they just like sent me a whole bunch of stuff to give away so oh that's everybody so cool. out there in the uh the coming weeks man we're gonna give away some uh some rad prize packs by lost cabos hell yeah yeah man that rules <laughs> that's so badass yeah we'll have to i'll i'll get phil to send me uh, a couple pairs of your signature series for us to give away next time too you should man. and get keep a pair for you and see if you like them <laughs> dude i've been playing the the rock hickory i i don't know why i can't get into the red hickory as much really uh i like i like the regular hickory i find it heavier i find the hickory oh yeah heavier than the red hickory right mm-hmm. so i just I, like find, I just found that the the red hickory lasts longer for me with rim shots mm-hmm. and shit i mean it, it's gonna be a stick is gonna be fucked, you know, no matter what. Cause I'm, I do like nine. If I'm not doing a rim shot, I'm doing a ghost note, you know. So I'm hitting rim shots or like ninety like percent of the time. But even still, yeah. with the red hickory, dude, they last like three times longer than those fucking fig first I was playing, dude. Dude, I I remember <laughs> last time I bought a pair of Vic first. Uh, sticks. Um, I think it, I I bought a couple of pairs right before show, halfway through the first song. Yeah, snapped right yep. in half. And they're unbalanced. And I was like, that was what, my biggest thing that was driving me fuck? nuts. Is once Vic Firth died, dude, their quality control just went down the fucking shitter. And like, I'm not even kidding. Like, fifty to sixty percent of the time, I would buy sticks. I would go through all ten pairs that they had in the bin at Guitar Center, and mm-hmm. there was not one fucking actually matched pair. And I was like, dude, how did you let these out of the fucking factory, man? And then you play Los yeah, Cabos man. and you will never not get a you will never get a pair that's not the same weight and match. Yeah. And dude dude, I, I will say that I will like the probably the last like three, four years, Los Cabos uh, have just stepped it up with their quality control yeah, and, and what time. they're doing with their sticks, man. Cause like the quality that I've noticed, I've been with them for about eight years now, I think. Oh, wow. And from, from back eight years ago till now is like, hold, like 
I love them back then. I thought they were amazing sticks, but now it's just like, fuck, dude, they're, they're the best in the game. Like, yes, they're number one in Canada, but dude, talking on a, a worldwide scale, they're, they're top of the top as oh, far yeah. as I'm concerned, man. They're number one in the world in oh, my yeah. heart anyways. Yeah, I think it's it's so cute. Uh, I got a, a joint email from Phil the other day. He sent me and Cameron from Boo the same email. And he was so sweet. And he was like, hey, I saw your tour announcement. Uh, do you guys need any sticks for the upcoming upcoming tour? I hope you guys are well. And I'm just like, who would do that? Like, I would yeah, never right? fucking get a fucking... Even if I was a Vic Firth artist, I'm not getting a fucking email from Vic Firth paying attention to what tour I have coming up. I didn't even say anything. That's not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just... That's like next level... Customer service, <laughs> artist, artist relations, yeah, whatever it is, dude, he's the best. Cause like Phil's a metalhead, like he he loves metal, man. Like I want to meet him so actually, bad, dude. He's <laughs> such a sweet dude. He came out um when uh, I I was touring with Unleashed the Archers. Uh, both me and Scott are are Lost Cabos artists, and oh, Phil cool. ended up in Montreal. I think it was because Cattle was coming through. Or okay. something. He ended up in Montreal, and then he stayed an extra day to catch our show. Oh, what and an angel! Did I know? Like, what he like switched his flights and everything, and it was so sweet, man. And uh, yeah, man, nicest guy, nicest guy in the world, man. <laughs> That's so cool. Just like a, a good old East Coaster, man. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> sweet dude. So hopefully, you will get to meet him uh, one day. I'm sure he's he's gotta he's gotta come out and, and oh, see yeah. when when you're able to get to Canada, you know. Hopefully the end of next year, um we're we're gonna try to do a headliner at the end of the at the end of next year for the new album. And we yeah. would have to have some Canada dates because we haven't played Canada at one by the time we get to that point we we won't have played Canada in like two years. So we're gonna need to. So I think that would be perfect. That would be man. That'd be sick. Um, so yeah. Also, you uh, you endorse uh, ACD Unlimited. Yeah, dude. I am the so jealous. Pedals. Every time I see, every time I see your foot cam, I'm like, fuck. Those things look nice. It's next level, man. It looks so. Yeah, dude. And uh, John Longstreth plays them as yep. well. And I like dude. Now David Diopold, like, the new the new guy from Obscura, also. Also, yeah. Alex Rudin just switched over. Did he? He's he did. not playing track Alex anymore? Is, Alex is ACD now, baby. Holy shit. I'm going to have to... I think I might have to sell, like, all I'm my telling you, and, and dude, not only that, not only is he a tr is uh, he an ACD pedal guy, but because of Alex Rudinger and David Diopold, uh, he made pedal triggers now, dude, called Game Changers, and they are Game Changers. <laughs> Dude, I, I saw those. I, I, I don't I don't like I don't want to talk shit, but I personally have had terrible um terrible experience with Foot Blaster and On Trigger both. It was terrible mm -hmm. experience for me, both of them. Um it's not not for me. And so I I told Dennis from ACD I was like, I'm not gonna try another pedal trigger un unless you make one. Like like two years ago. <laughs> And then ironically, fucking yeah. Alex Rudinger's like, no, I want, like, because he's just a genius, and he's, like, they work together, and now he has this new pedal trigger, so, and now, I'm, like, slightly salty because, 
I've always my I've <laughs> black and blue are my colors. My drum kit is black and blue. Yeah. It's been it has been it's been my drum. <laughs> black and blue pedals for And he was like, Yeah, I might offer that one day and this was like two years ago. Yeah. And now he offers every color. You can get any color combination on your pedals and he does laser etching now. So like I oh, I yeah. bought new pedals like two years ago or like a year like a year and a half ago or something. And fucking <laughs> and I was so stoked on them and they're amazing. They're oh, so fuck. sick, but they're all black, all sick. And then he fucking yeah. and then he posts like a couple months ago. He posts a pair of black and blue pedals with laser etching, and I'm like, oh, I was like, whose pedals are those? Send them to me right now. Like, <laughs> I'm so salty. <laughs> Somebody else got them before me, but I'm gonna try to make him a uh, deal. Pair, pair is like literally a prototype. It's like one of the first pairs of pedals he ever made. So because of that, like he's upgraded everything a lot since then. Mm-hmm. You know. And he's re- going to pitch to him. I need to actually, I need to email him uh, and say this and done this. I send you my first pair of pedals. You refurbish them and resell them. So like I'll get a discount or something and I want some yeah. fucking black and blue fucking pedals with my fucking logo laser etched on them. Some bitchums dude all sick with the new game changer fucking pedal triggers, dude. Oh, fuck, I want to get it for like tours next year. Uh, I think that's yeah. my goal is to just get them before next year. It would be so sick. That would be sick, dude. So have you tried the game changers yet? I haven't, but uh, I did talk to Alex a little bit. Um, yeah. And he loves them. They're just, he said they're, they're literally game changers. So I have to, I have to get my hands on some. And start endorsing those too, dude. Because <laughs> it's like, dude, he's a genius. I'm super curious because I I got foot blasters last year, and I was like, all right, this is it, man. This is gonna be sick. I was having so, like so many issues uh, with my triggers over the last like, I'd say like two years or so because I was playing in so many different bands and doing session work. Mm-hmm. So I never knew the situation I was gonna run into, like playing for local bands, and it's just like, oh well. You know, we're like third of seven on the bill, so right. you got to use this guy's kit. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. I use two singles usually. Exactly. Now I'm forced to use a double pedal, and I'm like, fuck. Um, so I was like, no, this will be perfect because it just, you know, the foot blasters are, you know, it just activate by the pedal. I don't need to worry about whatever. Right. Uh, and recently, man, I've been, I went back to my, my rolling. That's what I've been using for years, fucking, man rolling triggers and and yep and that's works great. it it's yeah because uh, even I on got, festival um, kits man it still works great yeah fuck it yeah it i don't know man i was i was really really hoping the foot blast would be great um it's literally was, it's weird it's literally more you would think it'd be the opposite but i found the same thing anytime i tried to use foot blasters or on trigger live it was more of a pain in the ass trying to get those to work than it would be just slapping the rolling on and dialing that in, dude. Every time. Every yeah. time I've ever tried them. I literally have... Yeah. I run out of time, setup time, and we have to just roll, and I'd always just put rolling on. And it works great. And I'm like, I just wasted 10 minutes for nothing. Every time. And so I'm like, dude, yeah. fuck this. 
Fuck it. <coughs> Might as well do it. If my snare sets it off once or twice during the set, then so be it. Yeah, that's fine. It <laughs> just know, sounds like, like a beefy ass fucking snare hit. Fuck them. That's what, <laughs> dude, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Too, right? It just sounds like it's fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Get some of that like 60 hertz just yes, like, in your bro. snare drum. Yes. Like, fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome, dude. All right, man. Well, all right. We've. Um, We've pumped the endorsers, uh, so you know I think I think that's it, dude. Hell um, yeah, dude! I think we can end. I think we can end now, man. You gotta, dude. You gotta make the the brand you play for happy. You know, I know. Like that's I know, bro. It's a big part of it. <laughs> I'm coming for Tom <laughs> and Sabian and Evans next year, bro. Yo, I'm right. trying so Let's hard. Talk, those are my uh, next goals. Well, I'm I'm with Mapex right now, um, so and I'm super happy. I just got a brand new uh, Mapex Saturn Five kit. Oh God, yes! Holy shit! Pumped, dude! I paid. So, when you get a kit made uh, as an endorser, they make it custom for you, which sounds right. fantastic, right? Um, but it takes forever. It was taking about a year and a half. Yep. So, and I was like, fuck. Like, I was, honestly, I was playing on a Tama kit at the time, like a mid-level Tama kit. And I was like waiting for this fucking beautiful Mapex kit. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Mapex artist. I'm just going to buy a kit. Uh, so I got a loner kit for a video shoot. And I just went into uh, Long McQuaid, our music shop here. And uh-huh. that loner kit, I just went and I was like, I'm keeping it. Uh, so how much is it? And they're like, Oh, it's this. I'm like, all right, let's finance it. Whatever. I don't care what it is. I'll figure it out. Cause I uh-huh. need this kit. It's so it, like, as soon as I started playing it, um, f- to film this music video, yeah, like I, I wasn't even playing it like on a record or anything. It was like for a music video it was a prop <laughs> piece. Uh-huh. Um, but it sounded so nice. And I was like, I need this. I need this in my house right now. Yeah. And dude, I got it home. I tuned, I, slightly tuned it up didn't even like take a whole lot of time put some mics on it and i was like oh 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 yeah sounds so nice yes <laughs> like, dude. i love a new kit i haven't had a new kit in like 11 years yeah so it was time man my old kit i feel that it was a tie it was a i don't know if you know the brand tie t-a-y-e yeah but uh yeah i had one of their kits and that thing fucking saw some shit yeah i bet like yeah, I I had cardboard cases for them too. The Holy shitty fuck, shitty bro. fucking road cases. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, they got beat up pretty bad. But if anyone wants to buy that kit, man, I'm selling it. <laughs> so, I swear it's in great condition, dude. <laughs> I feel that, man. I haven't had a new kit since my my only kit. I've sold my room for it 12 years ago. So that's You sold your room? Mhm. I sold my bed, my dresser, my mattress, my Xbox, my TV, all of my sports mem- memorabilia, literally everything in my room to be able to buy that kit. <laughs> so you just like sold everything and then moved your drums in and you're yeah. like, I don't know. That's those videos. So- if you watch those super old YouTube videos when I'm like covering like asking Alexandria and shit, there's nothing in yeah. my room. You can see it's just a drum kit in a room with foam in it. It's an empty room. I sold everything that I had to buy that kit, dude. Dude, that's fucking dedication, <laughs> man. Floors and couches for like seven years after that. To do... 
and it's all oh, I have. Man. But the cool thing is, I've wanted a Tama kit and a Tama endorsement and a Sabian endorsement and an Evans endorsement since I was fifteen. Tw- like fourteen years, I've wanted that. So mm-hmm. I won't stop. I'm not getting another kit until I have a Tama endorsement and I get a Tama kit with my Tama endorsement. And so that's gonna happen. Like I've I have it written down. I tell the every night like it's going to happen in the next two years yeah like trust me but when it does i'm gonna be an emotional wreck and it's gonna be the best day ever because i will have yeah. earned that shit you know what i mean fuck yeah man and it'll be sick dude, sleeping on floors and carriages for seven years like just so you could have a kit like dude that that's some crazy ass shit dude and yeah, i love bro. it i Hell love yeah. it just so you can play some fucking death metal drums yeah man blast beats man yeah, and that's my baby. That's how I got like every gig yeah. I've ever gotten. Now, it's fucking sick. Fuck, just so you can blast fast and eat ass. Exactly, man. bro. <laughs> Wait, Jim. Fuck yeah. All right, dude. Um, any any anything else you you want to say to the folks? I think that's it, bro. That's it, I man. Think that's All it, right, bro. we're we're fucking we're done here. Hell Thanks yeah. for. Uh, Thanks for joining me, man. This has been great, like, chatting. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.